there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of saintsnation.com, Kevin Held of Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! <laughs> Dave! Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. Brand new open, courtesy of Dave, with a nice edit to make it shorter. Uh, and I think we will call Dave Sugar Blood from now on. But before I get to that, the podcast is always sponsored by the Pelican House in Baton Rouge, 2572 City Place Court. Uh, they have 136 draft beers. You can't watch LSU basketball anymore because they got hammered yesterday, but you can watch baseball. They're losing the Tulane tonight. Yeah, baby. So you can drown your sorrows. Um, yeah, baby. Watch the rest of the NCAA tournament as uh, you can cry over your bracket that's gone to shit. Uh, the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. Support them because they support us in Baton Rouge. They're awesome. Um, Dave. Is that that fucking cat again? <laughs> It might be. That cat is death of me. No, that's my kid. Hold on. (laughs) Tip for you, never, ever, ever get a bangle cat. Kid, cat. It's all the same. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you, if if you can spare the time instead of running after your child. Um, The Saints said – we heard this week that the Saints are close to – a, a deal with Jimmy Graham, and it's going to get done before April 22nd. Um, so do you think that's going to happen? Uh, and if not, does it get really, really messy? Sugar water? Sugar water. I guess, Andrew, you can answer that question then. Yeah, my toddlers are – well, my toddler and my infant are both asleep, so – Nice. Um, yeah, East Coast time, baby. Um, oh, so um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I think I'm surprised that a grievance hasn't been filed yet. I would have thought that Graham and his agent would have been all over that. Um, but I guess I guess they're saying that they can't file till April 22nd. Is that right? I guess so. Yeah, that's OK. Right. So, um, I mean, I'd be surprised if something were to happen before then, because I still feel like you know, filing a grievance and potentially winning that grievance would give them the leverage they need in negotiations to get a bigger deal. Um, but, you know, if the, if the negotiations are going the way Graham wants and, you know, I think it's a little bit different from Breeze. I'll say that because I think Breeze, with his involvement with the NFLPA and 
he he really wanted the largest contract and team in in NFL history, and that was for precedent setting purposes and for you know the the NFLPA and for history. Like there, I think Breeze had a lot more motivations. Jimmy Graham, I don't think he cared. I mean, the Saints are going to make him the most highly paid tight end in history. We know that. Um, I don't think Graham w- cares about the history. I don't think he cares about precedence. He just wants to get paid. And I think, as I really believe, as long as the Saints make a fair offer, the deal should get done. So hopefully they're close. And you know that's great news. If it happens, I mean, the sooner that that can be in the rearview mirror and the Saints can focus on other parts of the roster, the better. I mean, he's Kevin. He's not going to get a dime less than Gronkowski, right? I mean, there. No, he better not. He better not. I mean, he's not getting, you know, he's he's better. He's better than Gronkowski. He's healthier, he's that's for sure. Yeah. He's also he's also not making a public spectacle of himself banging porn stars. Then again, <laughs> I say that. But they look, Lord knows if I was a uh, a star athlete making a ton of money and I had, you know, hey, look, I'm comfortable saying it. Your YouTube channel would need a parental block if you were an NFL star, Kevin. Oh, if I was any kind of an athletic star, dude. Oh, actually, if I was a soccer player, Jesus. <laughs> I, you look, you you'd never get me on the podcast. <laughs> I would, I would, I would have you know Svetlana uh, doing the podcast for me. <laughs> um, in in a move, Dave, that I thought was heroic and, and much needed, the NFL decided to save dozens of innocent goalposts <laughs> and ban Jimmy Graham terrorist activities in destroying them. You um, bastard. So, Dave, yeah. does, will this affect how Jimmy Graham plays, and will it affect your enjoyment of football? I mean, I don't, I don't know why this would affect the way Jimmy Graham plays. Uh, I don't think Jimmy Graham's gonna be like, oh, I can't. Hot yeah. takes. Yo, yeah. I can't, uh, I can't slam dunk the ball over the goalpost anymore when I score touchdowns. I guess I'm gonna score less touchdowns. <laughs> I don't have uh, it anymore, coach. Yeah, I mean that's not gonna happen. Does it take some? It takes some of the fun out of the game, of course. I mean, am I gonna stop watching the NFL? No. Am I gonna stop watching the Saints? No. Uh, is it lame? Yeah, it's it's super lame. Um, I mean, I, I certainly get why they why they do it. Um, you know, delaying the game just because one player is being silly, um, you know, that's a problem. Other than the whole delay of the game thing, there's really no reason to to to, to make f- goalpost dunking illegal. Um, I, I think they did it purely because the two times that Jimmy Graham's done it and he's tilted the goalpost and it takes five minutes to, uh, you know, to realign the goalpost and get God it set forbid up again. we have to run another commercial break. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, yeah. It's, that's what's ironic about it is you would think the NFL would like that because they just get to squeeze in more commercials and make their advertisers happy. And not only that, but with a quick crooked goalpost, it makes extra points a little bit more difficult. So that solves the whole extra point issue that, that Goodell's trying to fix. I mean, if you ask me, you leave the field goal dunking and uh, you solve two problems. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of lame. You know, it's just one more. If, this, if, if Mark Cuban were on our podcast, he would say this is one more step uh, in the direction of the NFL becoming obsolete. Well, when they start, if they start having NFL games every night of the week, he might have a point. But, I mean, people just can't get a fucking enough of the NFL. No, and, and it's largely because of fantasy football. Yeah. I mean, you have people that don't even really care about a particular team or people that 
you know, don't even necessarily care that much about the sport, but uh, but they've got a vested interest because they might have a player that's playing on Thursday night or Saturday night or whatever. And uh, and then, of course, it's also I think football is one of the better, fun, more fun sports to gamble on. So football is the best sport to gamble it on as a formal gambling degenerate. When you're doing like you got to do money lines for baseball and you got to bet goals and I mean it's you get you get in other sports it's complicated football it's just you can bet the money line or the point spread it's easy to understand you know um, the spirit of performance is what defines Acura and now it's electric introducing the ZDX Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Andrew, I was reading that article in the Times-Picayune about they, they did the whole uh, Mickey Loomis I'm talk. I'm sorry. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the... the uh, you know why? Because they need to hire Held, and it would have been better done. Poor Murph. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Hashtag hire Held. I'm laying away from Murph for right now. That's right. But, Andrew, Mickey Loomis yeah, went over— that's because you don't want to end up in a hashtag body bag. <laughs> we're going to try to we're gonna try to have Murph on one of the podcasts, and we'll try to keep it civil. and He's see, not coming on. See where it goes. He, he <laughs> needs to build a buzz, man. We got—, we got during the year, we got 10,000 people that download this podcast, you know? He's looking for employment. Just well, no, he's with the Falcoholic now and, and with the, the the Baltimore beatdown. The Baltimore beatdown. He's writing for the Ravens now? Also, he likes yeah. writing for birds. Jesus. He likes writing for birds. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, carry on, Ralph. So, so Andrew, Mickey Lewis. Carrying exactly birds. Exactly. So Mickey Lewis is talking about the off season and going through it, and I got to thinking, Andrew. And I know this is this is going to sound crazy, but have the Saints had a perfect off season in a sense that everything that's happened has gone right according to plan. There's nothing in their off season that you can say, well, shit, I can't believe that, that they weren't, they were, they were surprised that happened. Like it, to me, it's like you can argue whether it's good or bad, but Mickey Loomis has pulled it off perfectly. Like there's no move that you can say they didn't want that to happen. Uh, I'd say my, the one disappointment um, was the trade of Sproles to an NFC team specifically a team that 
I kind of consider a competitor because the Saints faced them in the playoffs no less than a few months ago. So, I mean, based on that, I think that was the one kind of thing that I would have liked to have happened differently. Most of the cuts, you know, we expected them. No big surprises there. Um, Lance Moore getting cut is unfortunate, but, you know, obviously his contract was was big. Um, I think Jairus Bird took us all by surprise. So that's all positive. Zach Street being resigned is huge. Jimmy Graham looks like he's going to stay, and that's huge. Um, but, again, I think the one thing that kind of leaves me a little disappointed is that Sproles, you know, and when, when they got rid of Bush and when they got rid of Ivory, they were both traded to AFC teams. So um, the possibility of him getting traded, I fully felt like that was going to be to the to the other conference. And I, I just think they've made a team in the NFC stronger that's already a playoff caliber team, and uh, they just made them better. So, you know, that that's not to say I don't think the – look, the Eagles made themselves worse by signing Malcolm Jenkins too. So um, so I guess that evens out. But um, anyway, I, I don't like the possibility, the possibility of facing Sproles in the playoffs. That makes me a little uneasy. That's a good question. Kevin, if you were Mickey Loomis and you had the choice of – a fifth-round pick from Philadelphia, a sixth-round pick, or worse, from an AFC team. Do you take the worst pick to keep him out of the NFC? I I, I take the fifth-round pick and trade him. I mean, I mean, is he going? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it, fifth round. You know why? Because you gotta be, you got, you gotta nut up, and you gotta say, you know what? I don't care for who we're trading him to in the NFC. I don't care if we're trading him to uh, even a division rival. I really don't. We're gonna take, we're gonna take a better pick, or, or, well, slightly higher pick, and we're getting better value for a guy that we want to get rid of. Huh. So what if he's going somewhere else? I, I mean, what is he gonna do? Is he gonna take? the entire fucking playbook with him that, that we're likely going to change some stuff on anyway. So uh, I'm not so much worried about Intel. I'm worried about facing him and, and just, you know, I mean, look at what Chris Ivory did to the saints this year when he, when the saints played the jets. Yeah. Dave yeah, players really like to get up for games when they play their former teams, especially when it ends like it did with sharper and the Saints. I mean, uh, oh. Uh, Yikes. Holes in the Saints. Yikes. <laughs> Yowza. Yowza. So, Dave, as the off the off season's kind of dying down now, free agency, and, and I know it's dying down because ESPN Insider, their top free agent left on their board was Charles Brown. So you Ooh. know. Oh, no. Was that, that serious? Happened, it was. He was like. That's, that's worthy of a post. Wait, who's like, number two? Who's number two? I don't remember who number two was, but Charles Brown was number one. And they were like, yeah, Miami's a good fit. And Miami's offensive line is so bad. My wife was like, yeah, he is a good fit for us. So that that's when you Wait, know. isn't Brian Delapuente still open, available? Yeah. How would you rank him as worse than Charles Brown? Because Charles Brown. You're ESPN. Because you're. That's, that's, that's insane. Because Charles that's Brown's at a premium position and you're desperate for left Charles half. Charles Brown is not even the best player available from one team. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what ESPN had. Um, uh, but Dave, what? Saints could wind up resigning him. They could. He could. You said that all along, Dave. But Not since free happen. agency is winding down, what 
would be one move that you want the Saints to make. Not, not in, don't include re-signing Brian De La Puente. What's the one oh, move you'd like to make to be before the draft? De La Puente. Before um, the draft, if they could add something. Oh, if they can add something, I would like to see them add. I mean, at this point, anybody you sign is not going to be starter material, um, and is is honestly going to be in the will he make it through training camp material. Um, case in point, Charles Brown. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I'd just like to see them add a cornerback just to add a little, a little depth there. You know, they're, they're not going to be signing somebody who's going to make waves at cornerback, but I mean, you know, maybe they can sign somebody who, uh, adds a little depth and could, who, who may be also in a, in a surprise move could potentially really play well. I mean, that would be awesome. That happens sometimes. Um, I mean, I, I would say that that's what I'd like to see. Uh, Andrew, the, the second rated guy is Chris Clemens. The third rated guy is Anthony Spencer on that list, in case you were wondering. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, but two and three. Or, I, mean, I, I ask any NFL team, and they would pick those two guys over Charles Brown. All right. Well, that's about it for the, for the Saints news. Uh, and Kevin's got some wrestling. He's gonna he's gonna explain uh, the shining wizard to us a little bit later, and we're gonna take your Twitter questions, which are fantastic. Yes, Kevin Kevin hangs like sleeve of shining wizard. Yeah, it, it, your Twitter <laughs> questions they they have some fan. <laughs> Thank have, you. Thank have, you for that. They have some fantastic ones. But, I like. But. Uh, How much? Right now we have to get to the. The bracket challenge that is sweeping America, and I have to play the open that I forgot to play last week uh, before we get to the bracket featuring number one seed Jason David. So let's uh, let's play. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. You pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed English giant twerp scumbag fuckface dickhead asshole. You stuck-up. Half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. You clinking, clanking, clattering collection of collisionous junk. You shit-kicking, stinky, horseman-horse-smelling motherfucker, you. You dirty piece of slime. You scum-sucking pig. You son of a motherless goat. All right. So... This bracket, I don't know what we named it. It's like the bracket of... It's not the bracket of death. It's like the... The bracket of, oh, my God, I hate these fucking guys. Um, I think it's the bracket of just advance Jason David to the final four already. <laughs> well, actually, actually, no, I thought the previous one was just advance Shula to the final four already, and that didn't happen. Yeah. No, it did not. So um, this this bracket, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I think the first rounds for all of these are very obvious, but then after that, it's just – so like I think it'll be mostly blowouts, but then after that it's it's gonna be competitive. You got you got some killer second round. So let's get this yeah. rolling. Number one seed, an RPI off the charts. If there's one guy that people the first name that comes out of a Saints person's mouth of a player you hate, and they are talking recent vintage or they're under twenty five years old, it's Jason David. He's number one and he's With going against like- he's going against Kyle Turley. Uh Dave, I'll start with you. Um, your thoughts on this matchup? 
I mean, I think some people would argue or, and, and even have argued um, that Kyle Turley shouldn't even really be in this tournament. Um, Ooh, that's but, why he's playing a one seed. <laughs> yeah, he's like the fourth from the bottom or third from the <laughs> bottom. But uh, what are, what am I? I mean, are, is there? Do we really even need to discuss this? I mean, obviously, Jason David is. Uh, he's not the f- first overall. He's the fourth-ranked player, but uh, obviously he's he's going a good distance, and he's gonna wipe the floor with Kyle Turley. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm gonna say this about Jason David. I don't. Jason David was was terrible, but that Saints defense was pretty <laughs> fucking awful too. I yeah, mean, well, well, because of him, Kevin Spahorn agrees. I mean, how is, how is Case Fahar not in this tournament? That is an oversight we on blew the that. committee, Andrew, and me and you were mostly in charge of that. I, and I, I fully admit I blew it. We, yeah, I mean, yeah, and you shitheads combined uh, choices here. We did, and we and we almost forgot Spags. But, I mean, I'm just going to say this about Dave. I don't hate Jason Davey. He was terrible. He was a guy they signed. He was like their third choice in 2007. They missed out on two other corners. They gave a fourth round pick for him. They didn't pay him an exorbitant amount. Um, he was he, he couldn't play. He had trouble playing man, but he could intercept the ball. I'll give him that. And the thing why I never hated him is he wasn't a dick. And no, he at, wasn't. He was he was actually game, he answered all the questions about getting torched every week. He didn't duck out. He didn't. Pitch a fit like some people. Totally. I didn't really hate him. And Andrew, this is going to sound crazy and you're going to laugh at me, but if he was on the Saints now with the Saints pass rush they have, he could be their fourth corner and he'd be okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it, in fact, he would probably make more plays because of the pressure they get. And the one thing he did was always bite on. On play action, on fake. Yeah, he did. Um, he, he would jump every route. So, I mean, a, a double move was like the kiss of death for him. Um, but he, he would jump routes. And so, yeah, he would get some nice interception totals. He he could create turnovers. And, and as small as he was, that was the other thing. He was so small that even when his coverage was good, um, most receivers would just own him because he, he just couldn't get to the football. But, um, but he did have good hands. You know, he did have good instinct. Well, I don't know if his instincts were good because he just jumped every route, but he did have good hands and he could make the plays on occasion. Kevin, he, he, here's here's something that'll blow your fucking mind. In I the three Kevin's years, in them. the three seasons with the Indianapolis Colts, oh. he had eight total interceptions. With in his two years with the Saints, and and oh, and here's the thing: he played 32 plus 11. He played 43 games with the with the Colts in the two seasons with the Saints he played 27 games with the Saints actually no he played in all in all the games so that's 36 so 48 he played 48 games with the Colts 27 games with the Saints guess how many interceptions he had in the two seasons with the Saints I have a feeling you're about to tell us I'm gonna say 10 I'm gonna say 10 8 the exact same amount in fewer games. Right. That's because people that's fucking, were throwing on him every play. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. But, I mean, look, Ralph, Ralph, I get the time heals all wounds. Yeah. I get, I get that literally, literally, the second this team fucking threw him aside, 
the defense suddenly became fucking ball hawkish and it worked. Yeah. I mean, literally, Jason David leaves next year, Super Bowl. Coincidence? I don't know. I'm just asking <laughs> I'm, questions here. I'm just, before we vote, I'm just going to say this about Jason David, and this will, uh, Andrew will remember this name, and maybe Kevin will too. The Saints, under Q Herrick, before Ditka, I think, they signed Mark McMillan, who was. Yep. Who was a midget corner? Terrible. And he, was, he was fucking terrible with the Saints. They cut terrible. him. He went to Kansas City, and Kansas City had Derek Thomas and Neil Smith and a good pass rush. And he was and, a beast. And he was an interception machine. Yeah. He wasn't any better. It's just he was a midget who could jump routes. And I'm not saying that Jason Day is what was good. I'm not saying he was even average. I'm just saying his suckness was a a big chunk of it was the rest of the defense, and I'm going to start off the voting. I am not voting for Jason David. I'm voting for Turley because Turley right. was a douche. He had that shitty band. He threw his fucking helmet, cost the Saints a win. Against the Jets, Against no the less. Jets on a Sunday night, and he wasn't that good, and he has the Ditka stink on him. So I'm voting for fucking Kyle Turley. Dave, what's your vote? I have one more thing to say about Jason David. Yes. Um, and it, and it already voted for you already voted. You right? voted for Turley. So go, yes, I mean, I still you should still add. finish what you have to say, but I'm just. I, he, oh yeah, his no, vote not, already oh, counts, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not changing my vote. Oh, I'm right. definitely not changing my vote. And after what I say, you will understand why I am not changing my vote. <laughs> but I will say before I explain that, I'll say that in David's defense, if you'll remember. Uh, God, what did Gary Gibbs play? Zone defense? I mean, Jason David came from Indianapolis, and he was a, a man-to-man guy. And they brought him in, and they asked him to change schemes and, and to play a whole different defense, playing a whole different defense that he wasn't used to. And I think I think the Saints are partly to blame for Jason David's failures. Now, on to his failures. You know, I know you guys are all going to remember this when I mention this, but this is my favorite Jason David fact. And it was... Um, I know what it's called. Yeah, he, oh, you have to mention this. You have to I mention I know you this. do. Football Outsiders in 2007, in December 2007, right at the end of the season, they crunched all their numbers and they determined that Jason David was worse than a hole in the zone. It was better to throw... <laughs> at whoever Jason David was covering than a soft spot to an open guy. <laughs> okay. They determined in, in 2000, in the 2007 season, Jason David, David gave up an average of 14.5 yards per pass. And by, and this is football outsiders again. And, but football outsiders said that a hole in the zone teams, teams were getting 119 yards per pass when they threw to a hole in a defensive zone. So in other words, Jason David was giving up nearly three more yards yeah. uh, than, than no defense at all. So basically if a quarterback dropped back and he saw Lance and, and you saw Kevin Held running uh, a, a 10 and out in a zone, he's wide open. Yeah. That's not the right throw. The right throw is right. Andrew who's covered by Jason David 30 yards down the field. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Yikes. Absolutely. So you're voting Jason David. Andrew, who are yes, you voting for? Well, I feel like Kyle Turley's getting the short shrift here. He he was no. a – Well, first blame of all, the, Turley – Turley committee, you shitheads. First of all, Turley ripping off the helmet, and, and he, I mean he cost the Saints of the game with that, which which was awful. But uh, the one thing I remember about Turley was one, when he was traded, 
It was the only time I've ever heard Mickey Loomis publicly bash a player or person. <laughs> that is true. I forgot about and, that. And I, he said, I think when he was traded, he said, well, he's the Kansas City Chiefs problem now. And I mean, there was obviously lots of bad blood, but you know when Mickey Loomis loses oh, yeah, the tolerance Rams. and is fed that it's up. the Rams problem now, yeah. Oh, right. I'm sorry, you're right, the Rams. But, you know, obviously when, when Loomis gets fed up enough with someone to bash them publicly, which he's never done other than that scenario, um, you know he was hated. But anyway, yeah, my pick is Jason David. And uh, my the most memorable f- thing for me was I was obviously we were all excited to get him at the time because he was supposed to be a pretty good corner coming from a Super Bowl champion team in the Colts. Um, so I, we we were hoping that he would help the defensive backfield for the Saints and improve it. And I'll never forget the very first game the Saints played. Sure enough, was against the Colts, the team they had just plucked him from. And Peyton Manning proceeded to throw every single pass in that game at Jason David. And I think he threw for, yeah, I mean, it was like a 400 yard game, you know, and maybe five touchdowns. Now, I I also remember Jason David recovered a fumble and brought it back for a touchdown in that game. And it didn't even Um, matter. That's how bad his game was. But it it didn't even matter. Exactly. And so it just told you all you needed to know. If, If the Colts who just had him on their roster are throwing to him every play, um, then they know how bad he is, and we just signed him to a huge contract. Kevin, your vote? Uh, I am about to. Uh, I'm about to bust out some uh, some other numbers here. Oh god. Uh, how many of these do we have to get through tonight? We're, it's taking ten minutes per. per <laughs> I know. We'll have to. We'll move it along. We only do one bracket a one bracket a podcast, so we'll oh, move fuck. it. Along. I, I thought I thought they'd have numbers on what he was fucking targeted. Um, any hoozle. He was fucking terrible. Look, I was this motherfucker's champion through the first few for the first like four games of the 2007 season. Okay, look, I was the guy that defended Aaron Brooks for an entire year. Okay, there was the year that he threw 24 touchdowns and only eight picks and people were murdering him in the stands. And I was just like. Dude, look at his fucking numbers. We can't fucking hate him. Look at this. Da, 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 da. And then finally I had enough and I just said, fuck it. Fuck this guy. Fuck me. Fuck the whole thing. Whatever. <laughs> so when we finally get Jason David, I'm like, we were, we were fucking in the goddamn NFC Championship game. We just got a guy in the fucking secondary and he's going to replace that shithead Fred Thomas who fucking cost us a shot at the Super Bowl. And this guy's coming from the Super Bowl winner. And da, 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 da. And, and then fuck, he was even worse. And the fucking co- – he worse. Worse does not describe it. <laughs> there needs to be another superlative. There needs to be another superlative. Worse than the corpse of Fred Thomas. Exactly. All right. Like there needs to be another. So, so to to quote one of my season ticket mates that sat next to me for the two years that he that number forty two was in there. I'm gonna vote for Jason David. <laughs> All right. Next next round. Carl Smith versus Kevin Hauser. Um, I'm going to try to speed this along. Kevin Hauser, the only thing he's memorable for is like he did some sort of shady deal with movie credits or something. Yeah, it was like, a, it was like a Ponzi scheme. Like right? a Ponzi scheme. Um, and the Saints cut his ass really fast because he got the, like half the locker room involved in it. Uh, they cut him. Um, he's going against Carl Smith. And this Carl Smith. <laughs> Carl Smith. You hate this guy. 
He was so bad. And it and look, I know Mora was conservative, and so that's a a little bit of Carl Smith's problem. Like he was just doing what Jim Moore wanted. But the thing that was so bad about Carl Smith is, you know, like with Sean Payton, you young Saints fans, you're like, oh yeah, Sean Payton, he makes adjustments in game. Philadelphia, they they're trying to shut down the pass, so he's gonna run for 185 yards. He can adjust on the fly. Carl Smith couldn't do any of that. <laughs> Carl Smith, they played a playoff game against Philadelphia. They were up 20-6 to six at halftime. They were moving the ball, running the ball with Ironhead. They had like 200-something yards at halftime. The second half, they had like 60 yards and two first down, and A-Bear threw three picks. Carl Smith couldn't adjust for shit. Hell, what the fuck are you doing? I'm pouring a bowl. I'm pouring myself a bowl of, gluten, of gluten-free cereal. Oh my God, you fucking hippie. Jesus Christ. Like, put the phone down and do that shit so, or something. So well, that's why I'm going to be like, well held. If you are over the age of 35, Carl Smith is in your Mount Rushmore of saints that you fucking hate. And he had that fucking mouth of a head. <laughs> by, by the way, Kevin, Pete Carroll approves of your nutritional choice. Yeah. And all right. Oh, fuck off, all right. And I'm Charles trying to lose weight here. I got, I'm the one that's got to squeeze my fucking ass in some wrestling tights, okay? Not you. Truther. And I think Carl Smith ended Fuck up being like quarterback coach at USC or some bullshit. He just fell from job to job. But I vote Carl Smith, motherfucker. Uh, Andrew, your vote. It's got to be Carl Smith. You know, he he was just the most unimaginative play caller. Frustratingly bad. And I hear these these fans, they complain about Sean Payton. I mean, you know, you hear fans complain that he doesn't run the ball enough, that he doesn't throw enough, that they don't like his play calls at the end of games, you know, where he'll throw instead of running the clock out, or he's too scared he's running the clock instead of throwing. Um, so, I mean, I've heard criticism of Sean Payton, and anyone that's criticizing his play calling has clearly never watched a Saints oh game God. with Carl Smith yeah, running the show. Um, so that's it's a no-brainer. Kevin? Um, I'm going to go with Carl Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's full of gluten. <laughs> yep. Just like Dave's blood. All right. Dave, Dave, your vote? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't around for Carl Smith. But You're lucky. We, we are. I know I am. Um, I was around for Kevin Hauser, and that was pretty, pretty douche. Um, <laughs> well, it's but, already uh, over. You can give Hauser a little vote. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, I think I will. Since I know Hauser and I don't know Smith, I got to go with what I know. I'm going to go with Hauser. All right. Next one. But I this... do know Carl Smith did piss off a lot of people. He did. This, yeah, this, he did. This next one's a tough one. This is every ex-oil or bum Phillips acquired versus Billy Joe Holbert. Um, Bum acquired. He traded Archie for Leon Gray, who had gone to the Pro Bowl two years, the two years before Bum Phillips traded for him. And with the Saints, he never fucking started a game. And the Saints gave him a contract to make him the highest-paid tackle in football. He gave up a number one for washed-up Earl Campbell. Uh, I think <laughs> Kenny Stabler made a stop with the Oilers before the Saints. Andrew, am I am, am I missing any ex bum Phillips Oilers? Uh, it's before my time, man. I don't know, but he traded for a lot of them. he like he loved old washed Earl, up. Earl Campbell is the only one I could have yeah. said off the top of my head. Um, so versus Billy Joe, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, 
ex Oiler Bum Phillips traded for because Billy Joe Holbert, like compared to all the other quarterbacks Dicka had, when they got Billy Joe Holbert in the middle or the end of Dicka's first year, I remember watching the game with my mom, and my mom turned to me and went, Wow, Billy Joe can complete passes. And we went, Yeah, he can. That's how bad the fucking Saints quarterbacks were. So I'm going to go every ex-Oiler Bum Phillips uh, tried to acquire. Uh, Kevin, who are you going to go with? I'm going to take uh, – I'm going I'm to take uh, your uh, your lead, and I'm going to go with every ex-Oiler Bum <laughs> Phillips acquired. Uh, Andrew, your vote, and give some thoughts on Billy Joe. Well, I just think it's really unfair that Billy Joe Hobart got lumped into the quote-unquote Billy Joes um, because I, I actually thought he was pretty good. I remember, like you said, when he was playing, I was really excited about him. Um, he was fun to watch. He had a cannon of an arm. He could he move kinda, a little bit. He could move. He kind of had that Brett Favre throwback yeah. like style of play. Obviously nowhere near as good, but I mean, he was a decent player. The problem with Hobart was he couldn't stay healthy. He yeah. was constantly getting injured. And in fact, he had a non-contact injury dropping back to pass where he basically just yeah. ripped his Achilles yeah. tendon in half. And that was um, it. Then that was it. So, and I think he got hit and he had a stinger um, on a QB sneak at the goal line once. So he he was out for a while with the stinger after that, which was yeah. a similar injury to Ryan Anderson the and in- the Pelicans. The interesting thing with him was, and this is a good what as bad as a coach as Ditka was, and he was terrible. That second year under Ditka. They had Billy Joe, and Billy Joe looked fantastic that open game against the Rams, and that's mm-hmm. when he ruptured his Achilles. Yeah, and, yeah it's, it's, it would have been interesting to know how they year, would have done. The, that year, the Saints went 6-10, and 10, and you're like, 6-10, and 10, that's nowhere near the playoffs. But Arizona went 9-7, and seven, and the Saints almost beat Arizona late in the year, and they would have tied them to for the last playoff spot. So it would have been really interesting if they'd have had Billy Joe. They might have like snuck in at eight and eight or nine and seven with him, but in the end it worked out because that would have just extended the the terror of Ditka. But it would have yeah. been an interesting thing. But uh, Dave, uh, uh, Dave, your vote. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're talking about a whole group of players over the span of a few years compared to one. I mean, I feel like that's going to do more damage to a franchise. So, I mean, again, both of this stuff is before my time. Sure. But, uh, I, so I'll go with uh, every ex-oiler that Bum Clean acquired. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. That's, I don't think I don't think that one. I don't think every ex-oiler Bum Philip acquired. I don't think they're going to get past the next round. But because this one is a tough one, and Andrew, I'll start with you because this is these are two more people that are before Dave's time. But yeah, but yeah. I don't think this is tough though. John Meekum. I know a little bit about Meekum. He is fucking. He needed to be seated higher. And Doug Neusmeyer, who uh, I believe was the offensive coordinator at Alabama now. Yeah. But he was – he was. this is how bad Doug Nussmeier was when he played – It's Nussmeier. Nussmeier? Of course I butchered the name. Nussmeier. Yeah, wow. So yeah, he deserves how, to have his name butchered. He does. This is how bad Nussmeier was. He was so bad. The Saints played a game against Seattle, and Nussmeier was playing quarterback. And in overtime, the Saints intercepted the ball. And – Instead of letting Nussmeier even take a single snap, Ditka sent out the field goal kicker for a 48-yard field goal to win the game. And the Saints ended up winning. But that's how bad he fucking was. But Meekum got to own the Saints when he was 26. 
with his daddy's money and proceeded to do Andrew, explain it. It's just I don't even know where to start with Meekum. Like just bad coaching hire. He gave he got he signed free agents when you couldn't sign free agents in the sixties. Like it was just the awfulness of Meekum. I don't even know like what, what would be like the worst thing he did. Well, it was impressive what was impressive about Meekum was that you you could try to pull off ineptitude like that. And you would fail. He, would. he was so good at making horrendous hire after horrendous hire. Anything he touched immediately turned to shit. Um, it, it, it was it's pretty remarkable. Like it actually takes talent to fail on a global scale like that. Yeah. He they, the, the Saints they had they they got Gary Quazzo as their first quarterback. He was Ugh. awful. They signed Paul Hor- They signed Paul Horning and Jim Taylor and That's lost right. and, first and, round picks. Because you and can't Horn, sign. And Horning never played it down, right? He, that's right. He never played yeah. it down. Um, they he kicked Buddy D off the plane, which was fun. Uh, that might some people say that's a positive move for him. He he hired Hank Stram, John North, uh, J D Roberts, who was a minor league football coach at the time. When he would have been better off hiring Peter North. He would have, because uh, Peter North had length. Uh, I, I, he, you got to go meek them. So, Andrew, is there anything else, like, we need to add before I let Kevin and Dave? Uh... I despise Nussmeyer. He was awful. I mean, <laughs> he, he's a hefty lefty. I mean, he literally wouldn't sometimes miss receivers by 15 yards. If you watch Cam Newton and you think he misses receivers by a good bit when he's off, Nussmeyer was, from an accuracy standpoint, was five times worse than that. I mean, he was just awful. In fact... Nussmeyer, he doesn't really factor into this equation because he didn't get enough playing time um, because he was so bad. But I'm telling you, Nussmeyer was every bit as bad as the Heath Schulers in terms of just pure talent. Um, he was just an abomination to watch. But, yeah, I mean, the damage that Meekum did, well, um, that's my pick. If you if sure. you try to get a sense of Nussmeyer, uh, think Sean Canfield – in a preseason game, think how bad he was in preseason games, but think of that in a regular season game. Oh, I, I think Canfield was uh, all pro. <laughs> Kevin, do you have a vote or any thoughts on Meekum? Um, the lead to a piece on uh, Sports Illustrated written in 1968. Oh, Lord. And I, I'm only going to read uh, the, the one sentence, or, or actually just, just the first paragraph. There can hardly be any argument that John Meekum Jr. is better off than most. He is young, He's young, handsome, handsome as a singing cowboy, cowboy. owns more He's racing cars than the ordinary man, owns neckties, has a lovely wife and family, a large a home large in Houston, a ranch okay. on the Mexican border stocked with Eland and other exotic creatures, exotic creatures. And, he, and he has his professional football team to play with. Oh, you're looking at it too. What would you give this man for Christmas? A hotel? Forget it. He's got a few. Nothing about the like. Oh, he's got his fucking professional football team to play with. Right, he wasn't taking it seriously. That's it. Like, like he, this guy, this guy was an incompetent Jerry Jones. But Kevin, can you imagine owning a football team at twenty six? A young, right? A young, dumb, spoiled shit. Like, I, I mean, look, we all know I hate, uh. Entitled, entitled shitheads. 
those those folks are the bane of my existence. So I'm already <laughs> you already hate me, me hate yeah me. but yeah. Dave, can you imagine own like what kind of what what's the NFL in the '60s were like? Yeah, let's let the 26 year old kid with dad's money buy this. Like like I don't like how do you do that even in the '60s? Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, I can't imagine it. Um, I mean, as far as my vote's concerned, uh, I'm going with Meekum. And, you know, my reasoning is the fact that, I mean, you're talking about the owner. You're talking about the owner of the team. There's no higher authority. If if the owner of the team is is going to be – is going to make terrible decisions uh, and not know what he's doing, then – the rest is it, that's going to trickle down, and and the the franchise just has no chance. I mean, the, the, it just has no chance if it's if it's coming from the very top and trickles all the way down. Um, and I, I think that was evident. This so, is up. This is. I, go, go ahead, ahead Dave. No, 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 I was no, going to say done. this is this sums up Meekum and, and, and Buddy. Told, Buddy D told me this, so I think it's probably mostly true. But in when 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 Vince Lombardi was wanting to get back and he you know most people don't know he coached the Redskins for one year and then he got prostate cancer and died but he was looking to get back in to coach again and the Redskins had offered him like I think three or four percent of the team and Meekum had heard oh Lombardi wants back in Meekum Buddy D said Meekum offered him close to 15 percent of the Saints to come and coach the team and run anything. And Vince Lombardi told him no. He passed up 15% ownership in an NFL team. That's how bad Meekum was, and that's how bad his reputation was. So. Clean sweep? Clean sweep. But now, uh, Dave, I'm going to start with you because we got people that you know about now and are intimately familiar with. This guy... Andrew, he was he was seated way too low, and, and on my list he's really high. To Bucky Jones versus well, he, Art. He is a two seed. He is a he's two a seed, but I don't know. That's, that's pretty high, I guess. Well, yes. Yeah, overall, oh, you're saying he's too high? No, I was saying he's. Not, I, I get confused because I look at these seeds and I see five, and it confuses me. But no, he's fifth overall. So fifth overall. Support. So that's that's about right. But Dave, to Bucky Jones versus Archie Manning. Your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I mean. Archie, I don't really have anything. Obviously, I didn't watch him play. I'm not that old, but I mean, I don't have anything against Archie. You know, you could make an argument that he doesn't really need to be on this list, but I mean, I know he he was never able to, you know, to raise the Saints to playoff level or, or even win, winning season level. But um, and obviously, Tabucky Jones was uh, terrible. Uh, so, I mean, I think this is a no-brainer. I mean, this is obviously – it's a five-seed versus 60-seed. So uh, there's obviously – there's a huge discrepancy here. Uh, Kevin, you really, back in the day, one of your good qualities, you hated Tabucky Jones almost as much as me. He <laughs> was fucking awful. Can you explain the awfulness of Tabucky Jones? Actually, I've tried to – I've managed to black out most of uh, – <laughs> Most of my – a lot of memories I've managed to black out of my uh, adolescence, late teens, early 20s. It's, it's good It's good stuff. I really recommend it. Um, I just remember overall themes 
you know, like Frankenstein's monster to Bucky Jones bad. Like that's about it. So I'm going to vote for him. I was tempted to say Archie Manning just to fuck with the people in the, uh, in the comments. Yeah. uh, Cause boy, the vitriol that would come out. Yeah. (laughs) Andrew. Hashtag higher held. Andrew. We got to try to move these along, but. The Saints ran off Sammy Knight, who you can argue is the best safety in team history, to sign to Bucky Jones. And that make, that's the main reason I hate him so much. And, and they gave up a second rounder to get him, right? Oh, that's right! A, a second or third rounder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. The, the um, Patriots jettisoned right at the peak of his, uh, whatever you, his peak of his value. Yep. I mean, Archie, Archie actually, I mean, Archie, you know, there, I think there's a big contingent, I mean, of Saints fans that hated Archie because he has awful statistics. And a lot of fans say that he was running for his life, never had a line to protect him. But if you look at his stats, I think he is a little overrated. And he, he ran he, hot. And cold. I ran, I've watched every game from him on the two years that the Saints went eight and eight and seven and nine. It hit like the peak of his. He was really hot and cold. Like, he, yeah. He he would it, that like those games where they coughed up leads that are historic, where like Atlanta and the, and the Raiders on Monday night, like Archie sucking in the second half was a big big part of it. Yeah, so I know he walks on water for some, but you know I think he's a little overrated in team history. Uh, but to Bucky Jones, his nickname was Tusucky for a reason, and uh, the main thing about Jones is I think he kind of epitomizes the poor Jim Hazlitt talent evaluation, because I think even more so than every Hazlitt linebacker um, to Bucky Jones, just he was the, the prototypical safety in terms of speed height. Um, You know, the dude could hit like a ton of bricks. um, But that was just the thing. He always went, he couldn't catch a cold. I mean, he had total bricks for hands and, he would always go for the big hit, would never wrap up. And sometimes he would decapitate a guy. Most of the time he would miss completely. And of course, uh, a a touchdown would ensue. Um, So yeah, he, he, I mean, you give up Sammy Knight, who arguably is the best safety in team history. You give up a draft pick to pick up this guy. um, And then he's just your, He's basically the poster child of the Jim Haslett poor talent evaluation. So easy decision for me. All right. That was a easy one. All right. This one's hard because – Is that a clean, clean sweep? Yeah, a clean sweep. This one's hard because it's it's two just awful fucking draft picks. We have Les Kelly who was the first pick in Saints history versus Alvin Tolles who was picked in 1985 as I scramble to get to Wikipedia to see why <laughs> to see to see why I should hate Alvin Tolles. Um Kevin I, I'm going to vote uh Alvin Tolles just because the Saints could have picked Bernie Kosar. Well, they could have picked really no they don't have anybody good in the 85 draft after after they could have picked Jerry Gray or Rand- they could have picked Randall Cunningham instead of fucking Alvin Tolles. So I'm voting Alvin Tolles for that. Kevin, your thoughts on this one? I'll agree and vote Alvin Col- uh, Alvin Tolles to move things up. That was bad. That was bad. Th- these are these are two teams that don't deserve to be in this tournament. This is a shitty job by me and you, Andrew. Um, well, Les Les Kelly was the first um, first round pick in team history, and he lasted three seasons. 
Um, he compiled just two fumble recoveries and one interception in those three seasons. Remember, he was a, they picked him. He was a fullback at Alabama. So they moved right. him to defense because he was so bad. Yeah, they moved him and that, as a first-round pick. And uh, the Saints kicked him to the curb after three seasons. And no one else had even the slightest bit of interest in him. Uh, Tolls, he was a first-round pick as well. Um, he lasted four seasons, so one more than Les Kelly. Um, but only one as a starter. Um, and his career ended when the Saints released him as well. So um, I, I, I'm going to go with Les Kelly just because he was the first first-round pick, and um, that was a sign of things to come. Dave? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess I'm going to go with Tolls. Unlike... Uh, Unlike Andrew, who went with Les Kelly because he was the first, I think that he gets a pass for being early. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the Saints were still trying to figure things out, uh, and they were they were drawing you know, while they were their, drafting, maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, those first it was few like years were, Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I think I'm going to give Les Kelly actually a break because of that. So, I'm going to go with Alvin Tolls. All right. Uh, Andrew, the, these are the last two first-round games for this bracket, right? We have, That's correct. Okay, this one's a this one's a doozy, Dave. Jim Haslett, the 12 seed, versus Dale Carter, the 53 seed. Um, Jim Haslett. Oh. Haslett. <clears throat> yeah. If if let, let's put it this way, if every Haslett linebacker has made <laughs> it has made it to the final four or the or the elite eight. Uh, then Hazlitt, the man who drafted them all and developed uh, them and developed them <laughs> or call it Kevin. Yeah. Or, or did groom, not develop attempted them. To groom. Um, then he obviously not only must win this matchup, <clears throat> but by the transitive property, he ought to be in the finals as well. I'm going to vote Jim Hazlitt, but, but Andrew do the people a favor and describe the ineptness and horribleness that was Dale Carter. Well, Dale Carter is going to be my pick first of all, so I guess it'll be three to one. Um, but uh, you, for, Hazlitt was was the AP Coach of the Year in 2000, and he did give the Saints their first ever playoff win. So, you know, he he just never followed up from that. You know, that way he kind of had the one lightning in a bottle season and then it was just a disaster from there but uh my issue with dale carter um well first of all it was a dumb move by the saints to pick him and the contract they signed him to is ridiculous so i blame the saints for that but um carter the day he signed so the story goes um he 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 had failed so many drug tests had gone to jail um had been suspended and he, he had so many problems with substance abuse that the NFL had a zero tolerance policy with him. Um, and the story goes that he drank a beer the evening of signing his contract to celebrate, um, was immediately tested by the NFL and failed the drug test, failed, failed it for alcohol. Um, and so the NFL immediately suspended him. So that basically, as soon as he was signed, he was suspended. He he got so many chances because his talent was fucking ridiculous. His talent was off the charts. Um, and, you know, he, he played with the Saints and the Saints were so bad 
um, in other areas of the field that he, he was mostly left alone. He never really made that many plays because um, quarterbacks would just throw the other way. Um, but I do remember a game that was critical um, against the Vikings. Um, this, this was when Aaron Brooks kind of had that hurt throwing shoulder, shoulder yeah. and they were playing the Vikings late in the game. And um, they basically put Dale Carter on an island one-on-one with Randy Moss um, and Randy Moss just completely smoked him. And uh, Dante Culpepper throws the game-winning touchdown with under a minute left to Moss. They go for um, two. They go for two and score. And that, that was just one of those, those things where it's like, okay, you paid all this money to this guy, Dale Carter. This game is for the playoffs. You win and you're in. And it's Randy Moss, the best in the game. And this is the corner. This, this is the situation you pay this guy for to come up with a stop right now. And right, you know, that was the play. And I mean, it wasn't even close. And that, that was just, well, bad investment by Jim Hazlitt. Clearly the guy couldn't cut it. All right. So Jim Hazlitt moves on. Um, Kevin, this will be a fun bracket. This is the last first round matchup. Steve Spagnola versus the human bobblehead known as Martin Gramatica. Uh, I'm gonna fall on my sword and vote. Uh, Spag- I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Spagnolo on this one because, you know, when he came in, I was like, you know, like he had just finished being the head coach of the Rams, and the Rams were terrible. But I just thought, okay, so he's obviously not head coaching material. He ought to be a DC. He ought to stick to being a DC. Remember, guys, he had success with the Giants. Ha ha ha. Super Bowl. Ha ha ha. And about halfway through the season, and granted, it was the it was this the uh, Bounty Gate season. I was just like, this fucking defense is going to give me a coronary, and this motherfucker is going to be responsible. And I don't care how nice he is to reporters and all this other stuff. Oh, oh, the the, the St. Louis media loved him. St. Louis media loved him because he would answer all their questions. He was just a nice guy, and you know. Maybe I should just not like whatever the St. Louis media likes. I don't know. But I'm voting for Spagnuolo. Dave? Yeah, this is tough. I mean, you know, part of me wonders if if Spagnuolo would have had more success if it was a normal year and Sean Payton was here. Um, I don't know. I mean, Martin Gramatica, God, some of those kicks that he missed. Denver? Yeah, he missed a lot of. He was. Yeah, I mean, between him and Olindo Mari, it was a. It was, those were a rough few years. Um, but uh, and what was I going to say about Spagnuolo? Um, I mean, it's just the defense was bad. I mean, you know. <laughs> every, you when know, you say I, bad, do you consider <clears throat> worse in NFL history bad? I, I'm. Yeah. I mean, obviously. That's I mean that's what exactly what I was gonna say is I mean the 2013 the 2012 Saints obviously are are always going to be remembered by that phrase the worst um, ever worst yeah. yeah worst NFL defense it's in history. okay you can say it <laughs> yeah um so you know it was it, it was bad and, and it was disappointing because you did i mean just like kevin said you know you thought that he was supposed to be a defensive coordinator you know didn't cut it as a coach and they seemed like they got the right guy but uh it just he it wasn't good and it's 
I, I don't know what he was doing in the locker room, but it seems like, I mean, hate players hated him. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like he might've done a little damage to his reputation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Spagnola, but Martin, Martin Gramatica, his, his, he, I hated him too. Cause he would make a 25 yard field goal and fucking celebrate. Like he just won the goddamn. <laughs> Super Bowl, which was he, annoying. Did go, he did go ape shit and, and his, his makes might actually be more annoying than his misses. Yeah, it was his, um, but but the thing I always remember about Spagnuolo, me and my mom were walking out of the game when they played Carolina. I think Carolina scored 45 or 49 the last game of 2012. And um, my mom was like, they got to fuck. They got to fire him. He's terrible. Just like they need to fire. She's like, this one, like they need to fire Dicka and they need to fire Hazlitt. They need to fire him. I'm like, they can't fire him. They, they'll have to start all over again. My, and my mom looked at me and goes, they gave up 40-something to Washington in the first game. They gave up 40-something to Carolina. They're not any better. They need to fire him. And she was right, and they did. So I'm voting Spags. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. All right. Um, so now we're, we're, uh, we're done. So we've got uh, – we're going back. Jason David Kevin versus Carl Smith. That's a tough one. I'm going That's Jason David. I'm going Jason David. Yeah. I'm going Carl Smith. I'm going Jason David. Ooh. Put it on you, Ralph. I'm not voting. I'm voting Carl Smith. I All right. Just... Somebody tweet out Carl Smith or Jason David. Yeah. All right. First response is the tiebreaker. Okay. Um, I'll tweet it out. So we'll go to the next round. Uh, we'll Dave, all tweet it out, whoever gets a response. First. Dave, the next round is every – Ex Oiler Bum Acquired versus John Meekum. Uh, wait, hold on, I'm tweeting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you go then. Ex- every ex Oiler Bum Acquired versus John Meekum. Uh, I'm going John Meekum. Andrew? Meekum. Um, I'm going Meekum too. So. We'll uh, we'll push that one along. Uh, yeah, I'm going Meekum too. Thanks for right. asking. It's cool. Uh, Andrew Tabucky Jones, <laughs> Alvin Tolls. Tabucky. Uh, I'm going Tabucky as well. Dave. That's an easy one. Tabucky. Kevin. Tabucky. All right. Um, Jim Hazlitt. Or Steve Spagnuolo. This is a tough one. I'm going to put Dave, you go on this one first. <laughs> oh, man. This is probably maybe one of the toughest ones. Um, um, I'm actually, I'm going to go with Hazlitt. I mean, Spagnolo was only here for one year, and it was the bounty year. It was a wash anyway. Um Hazlitt had way more influence over the team for way many more years. Um, and again, like I said, you've got every linebacker that Hazlitt under every, every Hazlitt linebacker is already <laughs> in our finals. So we have to, we have to allow the man who is responsible for all that to, 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 to meet his men again <laughs> in the finals. Uh, I'm going Hazlitt as well because, uh, I got Andrew. an answer. J- Wait. What's no, that? fuck. I t- <laughs> what? Jason David. I, yeah, I got Jason David. All right, there you go. From at As Eric I. Jarvis CPA. Thanks okay. for the tie. Thanks for the tie. Well, mine was 49 seconds ago. When was yours? 
Uh, <clears throat> yours was one minute ago. Mine was also one minute ago. And then I also got a second guy to come in on me and say Jason yeah. David. All right. Yeah. Um, Triple confirmation. Jason, oh, I got another one too. Jason David. All right. So this Jim Hazard or Spagnola, Andrew, it's tough for me because as bad as Spagnola was and as, as annoying as and horrible as he made 2012 – with everything else, he just made it worse. I feel like he didn't do any long-term da- the, he didn't do any long-term damage. They just got rid of him, and in came the the jolly fat man, and it was fixed. So like Santa Claus, they got Santa Claus, they got Santa Claus playoffs. Uh, so I feel like it wasn't I feel like it wasn't that bad. And Jim Hazlitt, like he underachieves like a son of a bitch. I mean, he wasted the prime of Joe Horn. He wasted the prime of Deuce. And Aaron Brooks, you can say whatever you want about him. He was a top three quarterback in Saints history. Like, that offense with Jim Haslett, they should have been in more than two playoff games. It's Jim Haslett. I'm picking Spagnola. Look, Haslett, as bad as he was and as frustrating as he was, I mean, he, before the Katrina season, his his record was 500. I mean, he, he was dead for, for Saints purposes and team history. That's amazing. I mean, if you compare him to all the other coaches, there's been 16 in in team history. I would list Hazlitt as like the third or fourth best. So, and he won a playoff game. He was the first ever to do that. So Spagnola, Spagnola has on his resume the the worst worst ever, ever of all coaches of all time. So So, that makes it two-two. No, I didn't vote yet. I'm voting Hazlitt. Oh, you're voting Hasley. Explain. Uh, pretty much Dave took a lot of it. Like Spagnola just had one year, and yeah, it's the worst season ever. And yeah, Spagnola deserves to be tagged with it anytime somebody ever mentions him as a uh, defensive mind and all that shit. But Jim, I mean, Jesus Christ, man, the Saints had chances to go to the playoffs again and again. And they kept fucking blowing it, either because either because the defense couldn't fucking get it done, or because of of Hazlitt's stubbornness in sticking with Aaron Brooks. Yes, let's play the quarterback with the wrecked shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly, when he fucking can't throw a ten yard out. So, Has- so Hazlitt, it is. These semifinals here, boys, are strong. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. Jason David, John Meekle. Oh, that man. Is- uh, yeah, honestly, um, I'm going with the underdog, and I'm, I'm picking Meekle uh, over Jason David. And again, for the reasons I mentioned, I mean, if you've got a guy that's at the top who owns the whole team, you know, the, the, then the franchise just doesn't have a fighting chance. Um, things didn't turn around until he was gone. And I think there's ob- there's obviously a reason for that. So I, I think Meekum was was way more uh, did way more damage to the Saints as a franchise than Jason David could have ever done. That is true. And and uh, and so that's why I think you got to hate Meekum more. Andrew, I think I'm going to pick Jason David, and the reason why is I think when the Saints got a franchise finally. Um, no one took him seriously, not even Saints fans. I think a lot of Saints fans just felt like the team were, was a bunch of lovable losers. And, um, you know, I, I don't think Meekum at the time uh, really had the kind of global hatred from the fan base 
um, that Jason David did. I mean, Jason David was hated with a burning passion by fans because the games actually mattered. Um, and the team and, you know, the, the fans actually had hope for something greater, greater in the Mika mirror. No one really cared. So I think just based purely on the hatred of the fans, I'm going to pick Jason David. Uh, Kevin, have you voted yet? Yeah, uh, and I have not. And I am voting for Jason David. Um, like uh, like Andrew. Uh. Listen, listen, like Andrew said, uh, Meekum, you know, the franchise was wrecked for the first, you know, big portion of. Uh, of its history, but they, they were never, you know, like they were never good. They were, they were always crap. And, and, and it's not, it's not like I'm saying, I, I, well, shit, I don't know what I'm saying, but hashtag higher held, but, um, (laughs) how do you, it's like, yeah, top that Murph. Um, shots fired. (laughs) That's metaphorical. I don't need literal shots coming my way. <laughs> um, um, but, 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 but here's the thing. The Saints were – there was no expectation. There was nothing. There was nothing. The Saints literally went to the NFC Championship game. Their whole team looked to be completely rejuvenated and revitalized. The whole franchise, the whole fucking city. And yeah, I know that makes other people, you know, sick to their stomachs. All the saints for help the city. Fuck off. That's how it was. That's how it is. End of fucking story. Go fuck yourself if you think if you think otherwise. We bring in a guy that came from a Super Bowl winner in a position that we needed, and we thought this is this is the guy that's going to help. This is this is like this is that little. This is that that fucking that fucking cherry on top, man. And he was of our the, Sunday, the missing piece. This was the missing piece, and it ended up being a cherry on a shit Sunday. Well, and and I'm t- and this it's like it was hope squandered, and then not just squandered. It was at the same time us thinking, oh my god, if we can't fucking get back, are we ever going to get back again? Oh, uh, uh, I fucking hate you. <laughs> it, it literally went from nervousness to just unbridled hate i was gonna vote jason david and then i remembered that john meekum he more than flirted with the city of jacksonville he flew the team there with bum phillips and made out with them and was really really close to shipping the saints out of town before ed edwin edwards stepped up and and got the the saint the state to help tom benson buy the team and for that alone, it's got to be John Meekum. So we're tied, right? So we're tied. My so wife just came downstairs. Do you want me to ask my wife to break the tie? Sure. Ask your wife. All right. Elizabeth, you have to pick between Jason David and John Meekum. Whoever you pick advances. So I need to pick the one who's better? No, you could pick the <laughs> one who, who, who we hate more. Yeah. Oh, Jason David. Okay. Jason David. Yeah, she she remembers Jason David, so yeah, I don't know. she has no idea who Meekum is. All right, is, so. the other semifinal, Dave, I'll go with you. This one is a really hard one. So 3-2 uh, David, right? Yep, 3-2 yeah. David. So, D- Dave, to Bucky Jones, Jim Haslett, who moves on? I mean, to Bucky Jones played under Haslett, is that, isn't, isn't that correct? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. So, we're, oh, so, yeah. We're, so we're talking about player-coach relationship here. Um, again, the big thing for me is always, 
you know, is, is always who's more responsible or who's in, you know, for, 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 for performance and, uh, who's more powerful and, and the like. So, you know, I went with the underdog last time. I'm going to go with the underdog again. I, I think you got to go with Hazlitt. I mean, if, you know, to Bucky Jones certainly bears a lot of the responsibility for sucking so bad, but, um, you know, the coach has to bear some of that responsibility too. So, um, and again, Hazlitt has to advance. I'm going with Hazlitt. I'm going with Hazlitt as well. He, it was uh, just years and years of underachievement after the first season. Kevin? Uh, come on, I'm gonna go Kevin. Chip. I'm going Hazlitt. Ugh. It's over. Yeah. Andrew? I'm, I'm picking Tasucky because you know how there's the whole – the the whole is better than the sum of its parts. I feel like it's the opposite with Tabucky Jones. Um, I feel like he's the one part that made everything blow up. And not only that, but um, Hazlitt at least had some redeeming quality. He had some success um, with the Saints. Tabucky Jones was consistently awful. horrendous for the entire day, day yeah, one. Was, he was awful yeah. from day one. But Jim Hazlitt moves along three to one. Uh, so now we have, uh, and Andrew, I'll start with you, Jason David, Jim Hazlitt for a I'm, spot. I'm, I'm just going to say this. I, I'm, I think I'm going Hazlitt because I, <laughs> now, now that I think about it, I, I really want to see Hazlitt go up against Hazlitt's linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the space-time continuum will snap <laughs> if that happens. Well, just suck, get sucked in. Uh, Dave, your thoughts, Jason David or Jim Hazlitt? Well, I thought that Jason David shouldn't even be here. I thought Meekum should have uh, should have beat out Jason David. So, and and I, I've been pushing to see the the Hazlitt versus linebackers <laughs> matchup since the beginning, since round one. So I'm definitely going with Hazlitt. Uh, I'm going with Hazlitt too, Kevin. Ah, you suckers, final, man. Uh, final thoughts on Jason David or Jim Hazlitt? Jason David. I mean, just I tell you what. The city, the city of New Orleans might have burned if Jason David was a cornerback during the Jim Hazlitt era. Oh, my God. Could you picture that? So you would have you could have you could have Josh Bullocks at one safety. No, you could have Case Fahorn at one safety to Bucky Jones at one safety, Jason David at corner. And who else would be a horrible corner? Fred Thomas was actually OK. At corner for the Saints under Jim. Actually, I think I'm going to change my vote. <laughs> I think Kevin makes a good point there. Classic misdirection. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, like you said, as bad as bad as Hazlitt was and as awful as he was, could you imagine if Jason David was on that team? My <laughs> God, man. <laughs> So it's 2-2 two, two then, huh? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, tweet it out. We'll have to have a tiebreaker. And please let people know how important this vote is. This is not just some second-round bullshit matchup. This is for all the marbles. For a spot in the all final right. four. For a spot in the final four. Who's doing that? Somebody doing that? Hmm. I am not. I'm, I'm sitting on the floor because okay, I'm charging right my phone. I'll Who is it? it? It's Jason, David, and Hazlitt? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that, that's going to be quite an impressive run if uh, Jason David wins 
two straight tiebreakers. Yeah, it would be. You got some Twitter questions you want to give us while we're uh, waiting? Yeah, no. I do. We have we have. By the uh, way, Tulane LSU in the bottom of the tenth tied, obviously. Uh, so we got a good baseball game going on. Wow. All right. Um, Twitter questions, uh, which are we have some. All right, it's re- out. We have some really good ones, but we'll do it rapid. I like uh, I like how we did it last week with uh, with rapid rapid fire. Um, because it it, uh, it elicited good response. So let me, uh, as my seven-year-old computer freezes up. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Kevin, we'll start with you. This question. Uh, can't use a ball as a prop. Can't take off helmet. So should Jimmy Graham shoot jump shots with his shoes to celebrate next year? Actually, that'd be pretty funny. Take off your cleats, tie the laces together, and throw them over the uh, the goalpost. <laughs> Andrew, yeah, this is from Houdat Among Twelves. <laughs> oh, it is prop, damn it. Uh, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, well, shit. Then and, maybe just pay, start pantomiming. Start take Go to mime class in the offseason. <laughs> I mean, I think what he needs to do, since you can't use the pole as a prop and you can't use the ball as a prop, I, I think he needs to just, like, like Kevin said, sort of pantomime it and just don't touch the pole. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> Andrew, who did Jason David at uh, Saints Nation 3 tweeted us 19 seconds ago and said Jason David. Well, son of a bitch. Yeah. There you go. Jim he, sa- he probably saved the earth from being swallowed in a black yeah. hole. All right. Congrats, Caleb. He Andrew. Just... Jason David will play every has a linebacker. For, for a spot in the finals yeah. later yeah. on. Not right now. All right, Andrew, this is a question from Hudat Among Twelves. Uh, would a Mickey Loomis jersey be top five selling uh, among Saints fans if available? Top three. I think so. I think so. Top uh, three. Uh, Dave, this is a good question. Say, uh, another one from Hudat Among Twelve. Is there anything the NFL did this offseason not in response to the Saints? No dunk, no playoff tickets before clinching home games. Fuck Goodell. Wait, what was that question? Is there anything the NFL did this offseason not in response to the Saints? Oh. No dunk after touchdown, no playoff tickets before clinching home games. Fuck Goodell. No playoff tickets before Well, like, you can't, you can't sell tickets for playoff games now. They changed um, that rule. Yeah, until you clinch a home. Yeah, because game. the probably because of the Saints, because they made us pay for two fucking goddamn home games. I only to have teams, no home games for the playoffs. I assume that all teams did that. Um, sure I didn't did. know about that. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Was that today that they decided? Yeah, it was today. Yes, today. Oh, okay, okay. Um, was there anything that did? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's. Of course, you know, you have those Homer Saints conspiracy theorists who are like, oh, my God, they're doing this all, you know, all, all, every move the NFL makes is because of the Saints, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to give them that, I'm not gonna give them that much credit. Um, but, uh, yes, they made some moves. The whole uh, the whole replay booth thing, that had nothing to do with uh, the Saints. All right, this, you know, getting to getting to talk to the New York replay booth. <laughs> this is a good this is a good question for you, Kevin, from Trent Wrecker. Uh, 
what are the chances Jimmy Jimmy Graham gets Dunkin' Donuts endorsement and they pay his fines when he bends the Falcons' weak-ass goalpost? <laughs> At least fifty percent. If if Dunkin' Donuts has any, actually, Dunkin' Donuts and Jimmy John's ought to be uh, battling for for the man's services. To be honest. Yeah, and then you know what? Jimmy John's could do it, and they have a sandwich called the Wreck. And they could be every time Jimmy 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 Graham wrecks a goalpost, we're gonna pay the fine and donate ten thousand dollars to Special Olympics or something. Yeah, I mean you, you that's I mean genius PR move. The problem with that though is Andrew like the the he still would get the flag, so it would still the, the Saints would still be kicking off from like the. 20 yard line every time well, that's why you got Tom Smorstead baby <laughs> All right, this, one, this is from Alfredo this is for you Andrew guess the next movie and costume Drew Brees and his wife will be photographed at oh my god draft, he's, I know this one he's gonna go see draft day with Kevin Costner that opens April 11th and he's gonna go as himself <laughs> you don't think he'll go as Mickey Loomis they could go to that new that new artsy movie that's uh, been banned in the Middle East, Nymphomaniac. I think he'll go to Frozen and dress up as the moose. <laughs> All right, uh, Andrew, I'll give you another. Oh, you know what? They should do the raid too. Just give her, just give her some hammers, and give him a uh, a prison uh, a prisoner's outfit. There you go. All right, uh, go see the raid too, you motherfuckers. Andrew, I'll give you another one. This is from Super Saiyan Saint. Would you rather slap Goodell, defecate <laughs> on his porch, or make him play one series against the Saints D? Huh. Yeah, yes. All of them. You, know, you can only pick one. You can only pick one. I'll, I'll have all of them. If I can only pick one, so basically he can either get hit by Cam Jordan and Junior Gallette, sandwiched. I can slap him in the face, or what's the other one? You can defecate on his porch. Um, definitely, not, definitely not number one. <laughs> well, you're saying you would rather do something to him than watch him get hit by Saints players? No, well, definitely not number one. What was number one? Defecating on his porch. Slap. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. That's, I, I think I would pick the Saints to hit him because it would inflict the most pain. <laughs> yeah, I he think... doesn't get to wear pads, right? Yeah, he can wear pads. Oh, like the kick, wear, like the if kicker. If he gets to wear pads, then I slap him in the face. <laughs> Those pads aren't gonna help. With no risk of retaliation. All right, this is this is from uh, this is from uh, Super Saiyan Saint as well, Dave. This one might I might not or I might not be up on the news. Um, what's the weirdest underwear story you have, and and can it top Rob Ryan's? Has Rob Ryan done something with underwear in the last hour that I'm not aware of? I have no idea. I have no idea what that's a reference to. Maybe he's just assuming that Rob Bryant has a weird underwear story. It's probably a safe assumption. <laughs> well, I don't have a we- I don't have necessarily a weird underwear story, but there was one time where I went out to eat at my dad's house across the lake, and they didn't have a restroom or anywhere, and I was just desperate to go. Oh boy! And I and I, fi- <laughs> I finally find a gas station, and oh boy. the woman wouldn't give me the key. So I was like, if you don't give me the key, I'm going behind that fucking dumpster and I'm taking a shit. <laughs> and she said – she just looked at me and like raised her hands up. So I like walked off 
and like went behind the dumpster and like made a show of it and like took off my pants like to show her and like went around the corner and like took a shit behind the dumpster because I had just like I had to go. Wow. You made a show of it. So everybody, everybody listening wants to know now. What did you wipe with? I didn't. I just had to fucking pull up the pants. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. I was, I I was hoping you had an answer for that question, no, Ralph. I didn't, I didn't man. It's oh, just, no. It's tough times, man. I should, oh, I no. I that to Drew McGarry's Poop of the Week story. Yes! Um, hashtag higher health. Hashtag higher health. <laughs> uh, um, Kevin, is the, yeah. is the receiver – uh, not named Watkins out of Clemson, our dream second round pick. Because I know you're a draft analyst. <laughs> I love doing that to Kevin. God, you fuckhead. <laughs> I, I I literally think Kevin Costner in draft day is probably a bigger draft day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well. John Meekum is a better draft day. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Mika might might be a better uh, might be a better. Uh... Fuck, I, I can't even complete the sentence. That's how much is, the uh, question has me flummoxed. Final, final, uh, final question. Uh, the draft day movie with Kevin Costner. Is it potentially the worst football movie ever? <laughs> I don't get why everybody's saying that. Because it's the fucking Browns. I mean, obviously this movie is going to have some awesome ending, right? Or they're going to what? I mean, the Browns aren't allowed to have success. I mean, it it doesn't happen in real life. And I would assume that in this movie that they're going to have some modicum of success. So it's unbelievable. It's not a believable film. I guarantee you the – all right. I tweeted out after after seeing the the, the commercial, which the commercial – the commercials make it just look not as good because you really don't know what the full context of everything is. The trailer actually is like somewhat straightforward, like, oh, he's the GM of the Browns and they got to do this thing on the draft. And Dennis Leary is the coach and fucking coach hates him. The players hate him. The owner doesn't like him. The owner wants to fire him, all this kind of stuff. He's got to really win on the draft, blah, 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 blah. And he does something utterly fucking insane that apparently pisses everybody off. What is it? I think I I, I, I exactly. I tweeted that. (laughs) I'm telling you, I think he trades every single pick to get picks in later years and intentionally gets fired from his job, knowing that he's laid the groundwork for the next guy to take over and he's going to have a ton of picks coming in future years. And then that's how the team gets built going that forward. Sounds, that sounds too cool to actually be the plot line. I mean, if that was really the plot line, that's cool. I, I would, I would almost be interested in that, but I think you're giving it way too much credit. Uh, well, I'm probably am, but again, but again, you're talking to a, a story guy. Like, 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 that's it. It's like, Kevin, what do you think the twist is here? Well, I mean, shit, if I was doing it, I guess this is what I would do. I like Kevin Costner for some reason, so I may actually – I wouldn't say necessarily – It can't be any worse than Any Given Sunday. Yeah, but Any Given Sunday, it's got that – the Al Pacino speech is so good that I like that. Oh, I liked Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday is, is – It's like a music video. It's like a two-hour music video. It's semi-overrated. 
it's got its really good parts, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's really awesome parts, but the rest of that movie, like large swaths of that movie or swaths of that movie are just god Garbage. Awesome. Did, yeah, have you trash. guys seen the program? Yeah. Pretty solid movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Um, so that and, I'll go, up... and, I'll go on, and I'll go on record as saying I like The Replacements. Ugh. Ugh. Not loved. Like, I thought it was entertaining. I could Ugh. watch it. It's a, it's a turn-off-your-brain movie. You know what movie I like a lot? Uh, Unnecessary uh, Roughness with Scott Bakke. Also yeah. entertaining. Oh, yeah. K- Kathy Ireland in her prime. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Sinbad. That's right. <laughs> Don't throw it to stone hands. That's where I got the de- that's where we got the Devry nickname. <laughs> Ed Gennaro. So uh Dave, you'll have the bracket you'll have the I'm bracket. Robert, I'm Robert Logia. I, I'm pretty sure uh Jason David played on that team. <laughs> so uh Andrew, you've got uh you ranked the coaches in Saints history this week. Uh Dave, you've got the bracket up all week. Uh, yeah, I think so far that everything has gone in line with what we've chosen. And oh, by the way, Dave, uh, Dave had a nice little post today. Should uh, Jimmy Graham still dunk? And it's got 81 comments on it. So Dave is uh, rolling on the Canal Street Chronic. And Kevin, you're going to have a power poll 20 before the next presidential election or not? Uh, actually, yes. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate the. Uh, actually, I'm gonna do it before that because I want to be able to pre-rank all of the. Uh, the, the candidates that are supposed to be in it. <laughs> and on that note, people, we'll be back next week with with the third bracket of the worst saint in history. And so, uh, for Andrew, for Dave, for Kevin, uh, so long, uh, until next week. Get better to kill. Hashtag higher health. Thank you.